My Govanen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and in this video, I'm going to talk about an interesting theory that Tolkien essentially wrote himself into his uh, Middle Earth mythology. The theory is basically that he is a descendant of Aragorn. And I kind of developed this theory independently, but other people have developed it as well. You can find it around the internet in different places. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, the reasons that I think this theory has some plausibility to it, and also some of the potential problems with it. And obviously, there are going to be a lot of interesting details in here that might be spoilerish. So um, beware. I'm going to go into a lot of different things that relate to this. There's stuff from Lord of the Rings, there's stuff from the Silmarillion, there's stuff from the Middle Earth History series that Christopher Tolkien has published, there's stuff from Smith of Wooden Major. Um, so if, if there's any of these things that you don't want to be spoiled on, uh, you might want to stop watching before I get any farther. That said, let's get to the theory. So the basics of the theory I formulated on my own based on the name that uh, Aragorn gives the name of his house at the end of The Return of the King. Uh, there is a little scene where one of the hobbits calls him Strider in front of either Prince Imrahil or one of the other notable people of the of Minas Tirith, and the whoever it is basically says, is that how you address the king? And of course the hobbit's kind of embarrassed about the whole thing, but Aragorn basically says, you know, maybe it'll sound better in the the Quenya. He doesn't use the term Quenya, but he's referring to the Quenya. Uh, and he basically says, Telkontar, which is the uh, the Quenya term for Strider, apparently, will be the name of his house forever. So he basically takes the name that he had been given in a not-so-nice way and applies it to his family name for the rest of time. Now, the reason I think this is, helps the theory is Telkontar is actually very similar to the name Tolkien. At first glance, it doesn't seem like it is, but if you pay attention to the way the word, the word is shaped in terms of its consonants, leave out the vowels, and think of it phonetically. Tolkien and Telkontar both start with T. The next consonant is an L. And the next consonant sound is a K, so it's spelled with a C in Telkontar and a K in Tolkien, but it's the same sound. And then the next consonant is an N. The only real difference between the two is Telkontar ends up having the extra three letters of T-A-R at the end. And on the one hand, you might say that that's not really that close, but you have to remember that in Tolkien's development of his own languages, he was actually very interested in the idea of language development over time and how languages evolve, how they change, and one of the ways in which he does that is through vowel shifting and things like that. So if you pay attention to, for example, the plurals of some Elvish words that we can just see from maps, you can tell that a lot of words end up shifting their vowel sounds from singular to plural. So the word for hill is amon, but the word for hills, plural, is emyn. So it goes from A-M-O-N to E-M-Y-N. And similarly, the word for tower is barad, as in baradur, the dark tower. But the plural for tower, which we can see in the tower hills to the west of the Shire, is beride, 
So it goes from B-A-R-A-D to B-E-R-A-I-D. So vowel shifting is an easy thing to deal with. The only real trick is the T-A-R at the end of Telcontar. But that, I think, is not a big deal either because, again, if you think about language developing over years and years and years, it's, it's really easy to imagine a scenario where an ending syllable just kind of gets dropped off over time for simplicity's sake. So that's point number one in favor of um, the theory. And point number two is also related to Aragorn himself because his lineage goes back to Luthien, Baron and Luthien from the Silmarillion. And one of the things that is said of Luthien is that her line will endure forever. Her line will never die out. There will always be a descendant of Luthien. And that, you know, that plays into the theory a little bit because if that's the case, and we have to remember that Middle Earth is supposed to be kind of like a prehistorical Earth, uh, the Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion are both mythic prehistories of our own world, then that means there has to be some descendant of Luthien still running around because in Tolkien's world, prophecies come true. So that being the case, somebody has to be the heir of Luthien somewhere in the world, and given that Aragorn gives his house the name Telcontar, and he's the last remaining descendant of Luthien, you would want to look for somebody with a similar name to Telcontar. How many names do you know that are more similar than Tolkien? So that's kind of the first two pieces of evidence that you can just pick up from the Lord of the Rings itself, but there's also some more stuff that you can get into that gets a little more interesting and even a little more compelling. So the next two pieces of information come from, well, not come from, but relate to Smith of Witten Major. I've talked about this before in a previous video, the story as a general topic. <laughs> I didn't want to get into a whole lot of detail even in that video because there's a lot of cool stuff that you should read yourself. But for purposes of this video, what I want to point out is the protagonist in Smith of Witten Major is in some ways... A reflection of Tolkien himself. You get the idea that there's a lot of Tolkien's own very personal feeling about how he views fantasy and the wonder and awe that he experiences in writing it and, and experiencing it himself that um, he puts into Smith. And the reason this is important is because we find out that Smith's grandfather was a man named Ryder, which sounds a lot like Strider, right? So he's got a grandfather named Ryder who was a great traveler and who was also very much in, uh, he traveled in fairy himself, which is what Smith of Wooden Major does throughout the story. And the reason I say Smith is also a um, kind of a reflection of Tolkien in an autobiographical sense is one of the things about Smith throughout the story is he's constantly kind of going off on these journeys into fairy and you know he leaves his family behind to do this and it's it's like something he's almost compelled to do and the same could be said of Tolkien in a way because he's constantly leaving behind family duties or his work duties or other things he admits in one of his letters a lot of the time that he spent on his own mythology was time that was stolen from other places so you get the idea that Tolkien and Smith of Wooden Major are at least you know, they're not a one-to-one -one correspondence like, say, maybe Leaf uh, by Niggle, the protagonist Niggle, is pretty much Tolkien. 
Um, but you do get the idea that there is a connection there. And so it's interesting to see that Smith has a grandfather named Ryder who is also, you know, well-traveled in ferry. And the fact that he's well-traveled brings up a second point, which is that Tolkien, along with Lewis and some other people that he knew, was very fond of taking long, long walks in the countryside, which, if you, may, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense because the reason Strider gets named Strider in The Lord of the Rings is because... He goes about at a great pace on his long legs and is very well-traveled. He's the most well-traveled man of his day, which is kind of easy in the sense that he's 87 years old and still young and hale. But the point remains, he's well-traveled, he walks a lot. And that plays into the theory as well. This is probably the weakest piece of evidence, but I still think it's interesting to note, especially because Smith of Wooten Major was written long after Lord of the Rings. It was actually published well later and written well later, and so it's an easy thing to fit into if we want to say that this is something that Tolkien did. It's easy to say that he could have put the same theory into Smith of Wooden Major. It's not a very strong piece of evidence, but I do think it's worth mentioning. The next piece of evidence, though, I think is the strongest, and that's going to be the most interesting. So this last piece of evidence is from the uh, History of Middle-Earth series that Christopher Tolkien has been publishing for years, which is basically finished now, as far as anybody can tell. But uh, back in the fifth volume of that series, which is labeled The Lost Road and Other Writings, we get a piece of uh, fiction that Tolkien started as part of an agreement with C.S. Lewis. I talked about this in one of my videos about the ways that Tolkien impacted culture, he ended up having a, an agreement with Lewis that he would write a time travel story and Lewis would write a space travel story. Lewis, of course, ended up writing the Space Trilogy, which has Out of the Silent Planet, Paralandra, and That Hideous Strength. Tolkien never finished his story, so we never really got to see it in print. But T Christopher Tolkien did put kind of the beginning stages of it, the part that had been written, into The Lost Road and Other Writings, which is volume five of the History of Middle-Earth series. And the reason this is important is because it plays a significant role in the Middle-Earth mythology because the time travel story ends up becoming the basis for Tolkien's uh, Numenor. So Numenor is basically Atlantis. It, it's an island that sinks because of the degradation of its people who end up essentially challenging the Valar directly at the behest of Sauron. And the reason it's interesting is because The Lost Road ends up being a story about a man in England who ends up basically give, being given the opportunity to travel back and see Numenor just before it sinks. And he's given this opportunity by none other than Elendil, now this is it gets this is where it gets really interesting because the character the protagonist himself is isn't named in any way that you would think that he was Tolkien but the thing about him that makes his character kind of interesting at the very beginning of the story is he keeps getting it's not really clear but some kind of either auditory um, inspirations or some other kind of inspiration of, of some language that he just gets snatches of. You know, he just gets bits and pieces, and he calls it Elf Latin. 
And the reason this is important is because Tolkien called his languages, his one of his early languages, Quenya, again, the same thing whenever he was developing it. You can actually find that in letters that he wrote to his wife, Edith, that he called his early language Elf Latin. So it's a very clear correspondence that the protagonist here is is in some ways playing the role of Tolkien in the story in that he is in a different sense, of course, because the protagonist is essentially getting it through direct inspiration, whereas Tolkien is doing it creatively and working it out himself. But it's still an indication that it's, it's kind of a substitute for Tolkien. Tolkien is kind of putting himself into the story. And when Elendil comes to him in a vision or a dream or something like that, he uh, and offers to give him the chance to go back in time, the protagonist notes that Elendil reminds him of his own father. Now, the reason that's important, of course, is because Elendil is the ancestor of Aragorn, and if Aragorn is then, by definition, would have to be the the ancestor of the protagonist, if indeed Elendil is related to his father, since they look alike, right? If that's the case, then we can also put together that he must be the ancestor of Tolkien because Tolkien is the protagonist in the sense that they're both, you know, doing this language development of Elf Latin. So you've got this connection of Tolkien is in the story as the protagonist. He sees Elendil, who looks like his father, which indicates they're related, which means they must also be related to Aragorn. Aragorn is the only remaining descendant of Elendil at the time of the Lord of the Rings. So there's no one else you could be descended from other than Aragorn and still be descended from Elendil. So by definition, if you're descended from Elendil, you must be descended from Aragorn, and that means Tolkien himself, if he really is kind of putting himself into the Lost Road story, is also uh, descended from Elendil and therefore Aragorn. So in my opinion, that's the strongest piece of evidence for the theory because it it's the most obvious tie of Tolkien to one of his own stories, and it's the most obvious tie to being a descendant of the Elendil-Aragorn lineage. So those are the reasons that I think the, th the theory has a lot of plausibility to it. Now I want to get into a couple of the potential problems with it. The first major problem with the theory is that um, going back to the language issue and Tolkien's language development, uh, Telkontar is apparently based off of a root that uh, means either stalk or limb or leg. And you can also get this information from the Lost Road itself, which is, it contains a lot more than just that, that one story. But in the Lost Road, which is the Lost Road and other writings, it contains an actual etymological dictionary of different Elvish words that Tolkien started. You can kind of tell there's um, different entries with different definitions and whatnot. And the word specifically that we're looking at here is the word telic, which is given the definition stalk, stem, leg, and it's a Quenya word, and it has a Noldoran analog. But the interesting thing about this etymology set is that 
it was developed prior to Lord of the Rings, or Christopher Tolkien has some notes in advance of the, the etymology itself, that you know some of the stuff might have been added during the early stages of the Lord of the Rings, but he thinks that most of it was finished beforehand. So the word Telkontar is based on a pre-existing word that existed before Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings, and therefore before he really could have had a chance to put himself into the story. Now, I don't think this is a fatal objection, because, first of all, the root word is telek. That doesn't get you all the way to Telkontar. You know, there's nothing about the word strider that necessarily says that if you're going to base it off of a root word for leg, it's going to end up having the form Telkontar. And I've looked through the etymologies to see if I can find some other roots that make it clear that those two are related. I can't find one. Uh, now, there might be some other older ones that are, you know, other information out there and some of the more academic publications on Tolkien's language development that shed more light on this. But as far as I can tell, there's nothing for sure that shows that, you know, the the form Telkontar would have been clear before, you know, The Lord of the Rings was written. The other reason I don't think it's fatal is because The Lost Road pre um, pre-existed the Lord of the Rings, and so he's kind of already putting himself in there anyway. So the fact that the root word telek is already there doesn't necessarily kill it because you still have to come up with the you know the full word telkontar, and of course you know he manages to do that by shifting around the way the the word actually fits together with some other root words that he might have developed you know, as he was writing Lord of the Rings to to fit the purpose of making himself a descendant of Aragorn. So that's number one. Number two is, again, language-related, but in this case it's about Tolkien's own name. Tolkien says in one of his letters to somebody that his own name <clears throat> is Germanic in origin and basically means foolhardy. And it's, but of course in that same letter, he basically points out that, you know, I don't think that, you know, I'm necessarily foolhardy. So, you know, he's making a point that the name doesn't necessarily apply to <laughs> who I am as a person or anything, but it is interesting to note that he does already know of a theoretical etymological der derivation of his own name. And you get the idea that when he brings that up, he's saying that's the best explanation. It's not necessarily something that he knows for sure, because a lot of names and a lot of words we just don't really have good etymological histories for. So, you know, on the one hand, this is kind of problematic, because his name theoretically has a meaning that's not the same as Telkontar. On the other hand, he also is admitting, don't really know for sure what my name means. This is just a best guess. Um, based on the etymological data we do have. So, you know, the fact that he doesn't have a for sure clear one makes it even more possible that he would, you know, throw himself into the story by connecting himself to something with a more certain, so to speak, etymological history. So it's a problem, but it's not a huge problem. So those are the two major flaws that I can think of for the theory um, but I'd be interested to know if anybody else has any other thoughts on it. Does you know of any other, you know, problems with the theory? Can you think of any other evidence for the theory? Uh, you can find different stuff out there on the internet. I mean, some of the, 
there's probably Reddit threads and who knows what on this, but uh, if you know something that I haven't talked about here, feel free to comment. I'd be interested in carrying on a discussion because this is one of my personal pet favorite pet theories when it comes to the Lord of the Rings. So that's the theory that Tolkien is descended from Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings. If you enjoyed that theory and think it's uh, worth learning more about Tolkien and the, the worlds that he created, please subscribe. You can also follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore. And if you like this video in particular, please like it and share it around. I'll see you next time. This is the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore channel. Namariyeh.